Hello and welcome into the Feels Like 45 podcast. I'm Cade Webb, and as always, I am joined by Dustin Ragusa. Dustin, how are you doing? Cade, we gotta be firing somebody now. <laughs> somebody. Transfer portal? Are you yeah. serious? Well, unfortunately, <laughs> they've shuttered the football program. They've already begun demolitions on Boone Pickens Stadium. The sky is <laughs> fire. Um, no, sorry. I was sorry. I was just reading off my Twitter and that's kind of what I was hearing. So <laughs> it's going to be a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I might have to turn down the volume on my mic. Cause it's going to get loud. And I know I'm, I'm probably peaking. I better back up. Um, I, if you can't tell I'm being sarcastic, <laughs> this is probably going to be one of our more interesting podcasts because Oklahoma state's, you know, for lack of a better, you know, sentence, Oklahoma State's roster last year wasn't gutted. I still don't feel that way now, but the transfer portal absolutely has picked up steam this year. There's no question about it. It's probably the hottest topic on everybody's mind right now, and you're probably wanting us to dive right into it. We won't. Um, We'll get into it later. I can promise you that. But It'll be the bulk of the podcast. Yeah, there is some housekeeping to do first, but I I just know that like everybody's chomping at the bit, and I'll – I feel like we should probably set the tone like early on, Dustin. This is not going to be the um, shoutiest podcast we have. I will say something off the jump to set the tone. Every entrance into the transfer portal so far has either not been a surprise and one we've even talked about or can be completely rationalized. I have not been blindsided by any of this. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think on all of them, except probably Mason Cobb, but you know, we heard rumblings about yeah. that last week, actually before the pod didn't want to come on there and say anything about it because we're not, we're trying not to be like breaking news, especially if we don't know hundred percent, you know, we heard that. Then we see pokes report report that A&M has reached out to him. So to your point, when that comes out, it's not a surprise. Good point. We knew. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to like flex there. I I guess a little bit light, but um, it's, it's just the fact that the Spencer Sanders one again, isn't really that shocking to you and I, because we were on the podcast saying we, it seemed to us like maybe he was going to be gone or I was probably leaning more towards him going to the NFL and yeah. giving it a shot, but I, I, I understood this as well. Well, I just I wanted to say that because as we get into the transfer portal discussion, which <laughs> should we should we remind our listeners that that is a sponsorable segment on this show? <laughs> yeah, and Cade, as I, I, a couple of people mentioned on Twitter, they know I get real excited about it. I know I'm fired I, up for it. I'm I've, fired I mean, up to I've hear been, you talk. About I have like seven tabs from uh, on three up and two, four, seven right now, just of everybody in the portal. So if you have any questions, Kate, I got your answers. I got your answers over here. 
I can't even think straight with how many players are in the portal right now. I saw that there are over 13,000 FBS players and over a thousand of them are in the portal right now. It's just an insane number. I mean, that's like, that's hard to believe actually, but regardless, it won't be shouty. Um, I think we will be absolutely brutally honest at times, but I'm going to get a little negative. Okay. Yeah. I think that's, that's kind of where I'm headed. So Dustin, let's do a little bit of housekeeping before we do just that. Um, a couple of things to get to. We've got all Big 12. I'll kind of flip it over to you for that. Yeah, I, I just thought it would be weird if we, you know, football season was the main driver of this podcast over the past several months, and we're not going to hit the all Big 12. I know it came out last week after the pod, but Kendall Daniels, all Big 12 freshman of the year. The only Oklahoma State first teamer was Jason Taylor, which I think is rightfully deserved. Six interceptions, 87 tackles on the year. Tanner Brown snubbed for first team by TCU's kicker. He's second team. And then honorable mention was Tyler Lacey, Jabbar Muhammad, Jaden Nixon, Brennan Presley, Spencer Sanders, Jake Schultz, Jake Springfield, and Hunter Woodard. I think, Cade, if I, I want to throw it over to you as well, but biggest snub, I think Jabbar should have made at least the second team. I, I think that if I had to call out just one, I know he's honorable mention, but I think that would be my one major snub there, I think. We had him as a dark horse first team all Big 12 uh, entrant th- this season. Who do you, do you know? Uh, do you have it in front of you who made first and second team? It's okay if you don't. I, I, I should can't remember off the top of my head. I know I told but, you I had answers, and now there, I don't have that one. Well, there's been some good D-backs. There's a lot of good cornerbacks, yeah, in the but Big 12, Jabbar, like a lot. Jabbar had a you know kind of remarkable year. And again, kind of goes back to like, they don't really throw it really good corners. And so I wonder if, you know, the limited targets has anything to do with it again without having, you know, I get it, but it is disappointing. Yeah. And not, not something, you know, I'm not going to die on that hill, but I definitely think he should have had a, a shot for second team there. I thought he definitely performed well enough. Hey, we got, we got plenty of hills to die on later in this podcast. (laughs) And I feel like, again, I'm not, I'm not just trying to flex so early on in the pod twice, but I feel like if anyone should know, I watched a lot of Big 12 football this year. Yeah. Yeah. You really kept up with, with what else <laughs> I was should have going made a on. team. Yeah. I, I mean, should have made all Big 12 you team. should have just attempted to name like 22 other players in the Big 12 and see how close <laughs> you get. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's really all there. Not a lot because I, I don't think many players on Oklahoma State's offense probably deserved to get in the mix besides like a Brennan Presley who wasn't on honorable mention. So I think that's all we really had to say there. Just wanted to shout it out. And then the only really other note, Cade, before we mention the bowl game, Oklahoma State's back at practice Sunday afternoon. They got back at it in the Sherman Smith Center. You know, Mike Gundy out and about doing some recruiting. A couple of guys we're going to talk about later. There's been some official visitors. We'll mention that when we get to our recruiting. But the guys are back at practice, getting ready. They probably won't start diving in heavy to Wisconsin's, you know, prep until a little bit closer to the game because it's not till the 27th. But kind of segue right in there, Cade. What do you think of the bowl game? Oh. The uh, guaranteed rate bowl at Chase Field, Tuesday, December 27th in Arizona. I'm going to ask kind of a uh tongue-in-cheek question how does oklahoma state with the offensive line they had possibly prepare for wisconsin scheme in practice 
It's going to be tough. It's going to be a weird bowl game because Wisconsin's quarterback has Graham Mertz has entered the transfer portal. Spencer Sanders has entered the transfer portal. Wisconsin's got Luke Fickle, their new coach from Cincinnati, who said he's probably going to let the Wisconsin assistants coach the game and he'll help as needed. So they're going to be, you know, with without probably a lot of the coaches that coached them through the year in this bowl game, a brand new head coach. Oklahoma State's lost some key guys to the transfer portal. I don't think they're going to play in this bowl game. I, I mean, maybe, but I, Gundy normally doesn't like the guys to do that. When he was asked about it, he said he wasn't sure. We'll kind of see. But it's going to be an odd bowl game and and hard to really get super excited about it. Well, so I'll say this. I was pretty excited about it when I saw the matchup come across the screen, mainly because I've always kind of liked Wisconsin from afar. They kind of remind me of Oklahoma State, not as a as a you know style of play, but as a brand. Oklahoma State and Wisconsin feel pretty much similar, like maybe underappreciated, overachieved for what they are. Um, I have always kind of admired what Wisconsin has done, and I can't believe this is the first time they've met. However, these are going to be completely, you know, different rosters than what you saw in the first, you know, 12 games of the year. Graham Mertz not playing, Spencer Sanders, odds are won't play. These these teams are going to look very different. And really, and I, I don't want to dive too deep into this, but I don't know how it's possible to get fired up for a bowl game anymore. Like with the amount of movement that takes place into the portal beforehand. I mean, I know last year was different, but there was still a lot of movement in the portal. You had like key guys for Notre Dame. Uh, I think Oklahoma State brought their entire roster, but there was still kind of an air over it that it's like, okay, I mean, it's it's Notre Dame, but they, you know, I, 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 I don't want to undersell Oklahoma State's achievement last year at all, but um, I can see as time goes on, it's like, okay, if you're not in a New Year's Six Bowl, this is really kind of a, an exhibition at that point. But I like Wisconsin. I like the scheme. I think it'll provide a good test. I mean, I, I'm taking the under, though. I can absolutely promise you that. I think the line is really low. 43 and a line. half. Yeah. <laughs> That's – and we're still going under. The game's going to be gross. But well, it's, uh, it is a great brand matchup. You're right about that. That is one thing to get excited about. And we'll still watch it. We'll still break it down. We'll still do a full preview on Wisconsin, which I think will be a lot of fun because since Fickle – is already there, you know, maybe he, maybe they incorporate a couple of new things in this bowl game that they haven't really seen, which will be fun to look for. We'll see what Oklahoma state does at quarterback at, you know, linebacker, some of the spots where they're going to be losing some guys if they don't play. So I think it'll be a lot of fun and we'll definitely the week before do a full preview. So uh, be prepared for that. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. You might have to step in at an emergency Mike linebacker for that game, but anyway, we'll move right on. (laughs) You do not want that. I would get crushed. Okay, Cade. Well, let's do it. Should we just get right into it? Like Cade it feels said, like this, this feels, segment can be sponsored. It feels like we're about to like take the you know big drape off a car. Like it feels like you and I are like holding the drape over the car and like you know getting people excited for what's underneath, and then it's just a clunker. I mean. Well, let's let's just kind of list. Should we just go ahead and list everybody off leaving, and then we could talk about guys that mentioned they're coming back, and just kind of go through it like that. It's probably a good starting point. 
Okay, just to just to start it off, let's look back at the last two years. So 2020, Oklahoma State had eight guys depart through transfer. Last year, they actually had 15 scholarship players enter the transfer portal. So right now, and the transfer portal opened up yesterday. We're recording yep. this on Tuesday. So Monday, there are 10 scholarship players in the transfer portal. That is linebacker Nadrian Dizadere, linebacker Mason Cobb, Leo Trace Ford, center Eli Russ, quarterback Spencer Sanders, running back Dominic Richardson, safeties Kanayan Williams and Thomas Harper, wide receiver Braylon Presley, and wide receiver Langston Anderson. So those are your 10 guys. Out of those 10, you're losing Mason Cobb, Trace Ford, kind of, because those Leos rotated in and out, Spencer Sanders, Dom Richardson, and Thomas Harper, who were starters. And of those guys, only Cobb had multiple years of eligibility left, I believe. Well, that's kind of what I was getting at earlier, Dustin. It is very common for grad transfers to enter the portal to test the waters. Um, it And it's absolutely common after the type of ending to the season Oklahoma State had. Like, I'll... I'll just read you some figures from across the Big 12, and we're, we're immediately going to get uh, people thinking we've, we're, we've got orange-colored sunglasses on when I say this, but it's, it's not necessarily true. This is the facts. Like Across the Big 12, Oklahoma has had nine scholarship entries, so to Oklahoma State's 10. This is actually even a screenshot. This could be even a little bit older. Oklahoma's got nine scholarship entries into the transfer portal. Texas, nine. West Virginia, seven. Iowa State, seven. Kansas, six. So I know that Oklahoma State has lost some names here. Again, looking at Spencer Sanders, looking at Mason Cobb, looking at Trace Ford. Truthfully, though, this isn't like right now a program-crushing moment that that I think people are, are expecting it to be. I've seen a lot of people talking about like, this feels like the end of a golden era. <laughs> Okay, let's pump the brakes here for a second. Everybody except Cobb had one year of eligibility left. You're right. So let's just yeah. slow down. And 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 I should say Presley's included in that. Uh, so it's it's two. But you're exactly right. Yeah, and even if you look outside, and I know SEC, they've got you know people would argue they have, and it's true, better recruiting things like that. They can afford to lose more guys, but. Florida at 15, A&M at 15, Arkansas 13, Alabama 12, Ole Miss 9, Missouri 9, Kentucky 8. That's all. And, you know, I I talked about last year at the 15 for Oklahoma State. So it's it's not an absurd number. And, Cade, I personally, and from what you and I are hearing, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think many more guys are going to enter the portal from Oklahoma State. If they do – you know, maybe there's there's a couple guys you hear some rumors about, and Ollie Gordon. You know, we've heard Jabbar's name kind of thrown out there a little bit. I I personally don't think either of those guys are going to go, but if they do, those would be the only guys I may be worried about. And then other than that, maybe some depth pieces, but I don't think we see many more names enter the portal. I I could I could definitely be wrong, but that's just kind of my thoughts. I think if you wanted to enter, you would have go gone ahead and entered because like I said, they're back at practice ready for the bowl games and everything. So it would would just seem a little odd to me with how the portal is set up this year with the close date coming up pretty quick after the open date. 
and then it doesn't open again until May just seems like they would probably get in now. Well, it'd be for sure awkward now that practice has started back up and you got to go to practice with those guys. It's almost like Dr. Strange opens up the portal behind you and you just fall in and everybody's like, wait, where did <laughs> like, that would be weird. Like, honestly. So I agree with you. Now, what I will say on the flip side of that is this is obviously a fluid situation and stuff changes. So I uh, wouldn't be surprised, but I also have heard consistent things with what you've heard. So, yeah. And I say, you know, kid, we can just kind of look at them, you know, one by one here, some of the major guys and think about the impact next year. Do you want to start with the, I think the headliner is Spencer Sanders. <laughs> I think it absolutely is. Right. I mean, and neither of us thought for sure he was leaving for sure. He was going to the NFL for sure. He's coming back. Maybe all three I could have seen equally, but from what Robert Allen is reporting, because he's a graduate transfer, he could have announced over a week ago, and he decided to wait until the transfer portal opened up, which maybe tells you that it was a pretty hard decision for him, and he had to think about it a lot. I think he's one of the bigger names in the portal. You'll see him on a lot of the top rankings list, especially when it comes to just strictly quarterbacks. But Spencer Sanders, if Oklahoma State is unable to get a quarterback out of the portal going into next season with Rangel Gunnar Gundy and Zane Flores. If even if you fill every other need you had with a serviceable player in the transfer portal, interior defensive line, you get a couple of linemen, you get another linebacker like Tulsa's Justin Wright, who I know we'll talk about. Yeah. I think the ceiling is eight ish wins going into next season with those three quarterbacks. And I, I don't really think you have a shot, a realistic shot of competing for a big 12 title. So for next season, Spencer Sanders is definitely the biggest loss. I, I think out of all of this, and if any of that was hot take, you let me know, but I, I just don't think there's any way you can go into next season with that quarterback room and think you can compete for a big 12 title. I, I think it's currently. So back to what we talked about, how this would be a pretty honest discussion. That's it right there. And I agree with you. I don't think it's hot takey. Um, I don't know how you, again, like think about it from a complimentary football perspective. Now you're going to potentially be breaking in two new linebackers. Interior defensive line is a humongous question mark. So when we're talking about win total, which is a question here, and then you're potentially going to throw in a true sophomore, you know, or actually redshirt freshman in Garrett Rangel, I would imagine is who they hand the keys to. Yeah. I, I don't see any way that this is a, um, uber competitive football team next year. I think they'll play hard. I think they'll compete hard. They'll be really young in a lot of places. Offensive line should look a little bit better from what we've been hearing. Um, but I completely agree with you. And that's really the reason I think the guy go get a quarterback out of the portal. I don't think you have any choice. And you brought up a good point right there. A little confusing. And I know we said we kind of get to some of the players returning later, but we can go ahead and just kind of talk about the linemen. Now you've got Preston Wilson and Cole Birmingham who missed last season with a season ending knee injury before the season started saying they're coming back. So Kate, I know we're going to, I, we talked about this before. I know we're going to mix depth chart into this conversation because <laughs> we love talking depth chart and it fits in perfectly with the transfer portal. But if you've got left tackle of Caleb Etienne, left guard of Cole Birmingham, center Preston Wilson, 
you would love for Hunter Woodard to come back. I, I don't think it's been officially announced yet. I don't think he is. I think that's more of a going to the NFL than transferring. But even if not, you can put Jason Brooks there, and then you've got at right tackle Austin Kowecki, who the coaches have just been raving about. He was he made the two deep as a true freshman lineman at left tackle, and that's not that's not just due to Oklahoma State having some depth issues there. That's to him being a stud. That is a solid starting five. If you can fill in some depth pieces there, and you've got guys like Davis Dotson, who, who we haven't seen a lot of yet, some younger guys, you need depth because we've seen what happened to the offensive line with injuries, and we've seen that happen kind of over the past couple of years. But if you go in with those guys and you add some depth pieces, that is a solid offensive line. You're talking about Preston Wilson and Cole Birmingham coming back, who are two of your two of the three elite tier lineman on your team Hunter Wood Hunter Woodard being the third and then a guy like Jason Brooks who showed what he can do it's I like that I I like that too I I don't know who they go get out of the portal but I would I would expect that that's an immediate upgrade here's here's the deal that's an immediate upgrade from what they were this year the the issue for me is what's beneath them because what we have seen over the last four years is you're going to need guys or else this thing's going to fall apart and we're going to point to the offensive line this time next year because that's what history has told us. So agree with you completely. Starting five is probably even an upgrade from where they were going into this year. I would say that may be hot takey, but it's about the depth for me. I don't. I actually don't think that is because I think Kowecki just needed a full year in the system. I think he's an upgrade at right tackle. I agree. Over what we've had there, so I, I really don't think what you just said is, and I think it's a great point. The interesting thing is going to be, and I know we were talking about Spencer Sanders, but my point was it seems a little odd for him to leave with some of these guys coming back and with them making so many offers into the portal, and there's still guys like a Taylor Materko, Jake Springfield, Joe Maholski. They yeah. still have eligibility left. I would think some of those guys maybe enter the portal, but like I said, why wouldn't they have already? So if you're well, and then maybe there and you got those guys that because those guys are serviceable depth guys. You don't want exactly. them as starters, but they're serviceable depth depth guys. So we'll see what happens there. But I think overall the offensive line at this moment feels much better than it did, even like you said, going into last season. I think you're right, and I'll say this. I think it would be strange to see a – I mean, you're if you're talking about Springfield, Materko, and Mahalski entering the portal, that would that would classify as a mass exodus to me. I don't expect that to happen. I mean, that would be kind of startling. You don't know what would drive that, but I agree with you. Maybe those guys are the depth pieces. I mean, they were let's, – let's be candid here. Springfield kind of out of this conversation, right? But Materko and Mahalski were playing at times that they ideally wouldn't have been themselves. Like they they were the next guy in line and not ready to go. And I think they would tell you the same thing, I hope. But regardless, I, I think you're you're hitting the nail on the head there. I want to get back to Spencer Sanders, though, for a second. I think it's yeah, sorry, I got way off on the offensive line. Now, oh, I knew like you always. would. I knew you would. <laughs> I just had to hit you with the, you know, it's all right. Spencer Sanders, though. I've said that we said if he entered the portal, it would be a, you know, tip your hat to the cowboy. All of those things are absolutely true. I will take a trip down to the speculation station, though. 
it's weird that he didn't enter the portal when he could have. It's weird. And with it is. some of the things floating around, not necessarily about him, but about NIL and tampering and some of the things that were thrown his way, I am wondering what changed. Because I don't think it was a – it was not even a – you said it. It was a hard decision for him. I'm wondering what was the hard decision. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, there's so many rumors floating around, just all kinds with how the season ended up with Sanders. And we don't know what's exactly true. We haven't talked to Spencer Sanders. But to your point, it it would be (laughs) – I doubt that would happen. But I I think the figuring that out would be extremely interesting. And, and Kate, I wanted to bring up, too, with Spencer Sanders, what we talked about on the last pod when we talked about him transferring – you know, I brought up to you that I think even though we have both been huge Spencer Sanders promoters, we both think he's a really, really good college quarterback, one of the best in the Gundy era, maybe at Oklahoma State all time. But the transferring for that last year, especially if he goes out and has a really good year somewhere else, it's going to kind of tarnish that Oklahoma State memory of him. And I don't think that's way out of line to say, and I actually saw somebody retweet from Doug Gottlieb came up on my timeline. He's responding to KOCO's Brian Keating. And he basically what Brian is saying is that Spencer should be remembered for all of his accolades, one of the best to wear no issue uniform, which I agree with, but Doug comes over the top and says in a quote retweet that that's not how it works. The trade-off in leaving is you lose most of what you built and very rarely do you get recognized with the original school I don't agree with that completely that you lose what you built, but I, the second part of that, very rarely do you get recognized with the original school. I don't to make one comparison. That's not exactly the same, but Jalen Warren going from Utah state to Oklahoma state. Now Utah state's a smaller school, not as big of a brand, but when you think Jalen Warren, and this is outside of Oklahoma state fans as well, you know, my Baton Rouge buddies, they say that's Jalen Warren, Oklahoma state. And 100%. I think the same thing would happen with Spencer Sanders if he were to go to a Penn State and light it up. I think he may become Spencer Sanders from Penn State to some, and maybe not to all, especially not to some diehard Oklahoma State fans, not to you and I, but I just think in general it kind of tarnishes that legacy a little bit. I, but I, I don't, I, assuming he doesn't really care about that that much. I don't disagree at all. And, um, you know, think 20 years down the road, Spencer Sanders is, uh, was on track to be the winningest quarterback in Oklahoma state history. He, you know, is one or two in mostly every key category. He was a ring of honor type of player. I mean, does that type of thing happen now? I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't see how you would do that even with his name, pretty much at the top of every Oklahoma state record book. Uh, and again, right, wrong, or indifferent <laughs> leads to, you know, Oklahoma state all time in interceptions, but he's also, you know, one of the <laughs> winningest quarterbacks in Oklahoma state history. So he would have been a, a ring of honor type player and it stinks, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think those type of things do go out the window to a certain extent. And Kate, if it comes down to, if Oklahoma state does make some changes in the offensive coaching room, which you and I still think they will, if pretty much all of these offensive linemen come back except Woodard, we've seen all the skill players coming back that played eh, except for Dom and a lot of the guys on defense except for Cobb and Ford. 
they bring in some portal guys and make those coaching changes. Like I said, I think the only reason that you could really make it a speculation about Sanders leaving is what you alluded to earlier with the NIL money and maybe cashing in on that, knowing I think I have a shot at the NFL, but I don't know for sure if I'm going to stick. Like I believe it, you know, he's probably saying I believe in myself, but there's a chance I may not stick and I'm going to go ahead and cash in some NIL money for me and my family. And I completely understand that if that's the I case, respect it's it. just yeah. going to, it's going to be odd if nobody else leaves, they make the coaching changes, they bring in and Sanders still decided obviously to leave. In yeah, hindsight. I'll, I'll give you a little orange colored um, optimism here though. If they make the coaching change, you know, let's say they go new OC, new O-line coach. There's part of me that's like, all right, let's just wipe the slate clean. Let's start completely over. Let's begin the rebuild with a you know ceiling of eight wins, and let's accept that going forward and hope that Oklahoma State overachieves. There's part of me that like can get behind that goal of a type of season next year. Not every season is going to be a, a championship contending season, um, but I, I would say I would want to see some real change on the offensive side. I, I wouldn't want to go higher. There, there are things I like about Oklahoma State's scheme today. There's a lot I don't like, and I would, I would not mind seeing a little bit of imagination with the next hire. Um, we, we speculated about who that could be next last week on the podcast. So go back to listen if you haven't already. But um, yeah, I, I, I would be fine starting completely over. Yeah, and I, and I could see that as well. Hey, do you have anything else on Spencer? Do you want to flip to the other side of the ball and hit the big name over there? I I don't on Spencer. Last thing, just uh, circling all the way back to the NIL thing. That's pure speculation on my part. I, d- I don't know that. Um, but I do still wish Spencer the best and and hope things work out for him. Yeah, it's it's a huge loss for next season. Going forward, you know, Oklahoma State has recruited some quarterbacks like Flores and Rangel who are coming in. I'm thinking they'll try to do something in the portal, but who knows? It is a huge loss for next season, though. Even if they do get a guy in the portal, it, it's going to the offense is going to look a lot different. Even if Casey Dunn is back as OC, even if nothing changes on the offensive staff, the offense is going to look a lot different without him because he carried the offense uh, yeah. a lot the past two seasons and really at times throughout his career. So, yeah, no, no question, no question. Okay, Cade, so this is the only one I think that you could say, we talked about it a little bit at the beginning, that was really surprising. Linebacker, starting middle linebacker, Mike Linebacker, Mason Cobb, transferring. We're hearing a lot of rumblings of Texas A&M. I know folks <laughs> report is reporting there was some tampering going on there. I'm not sure if that'll be proven at any point. Cade, this one is shocking to me, and I think the one reason this is shocking to me, the main reason, not the one reason, Vinny Tonga, our guy, Yeah, I feel like he doesn't lose any of his guys to the transfer portal. And he pulls in these developmental pieces, like a cop who didn't have big offers, Arizona, Louisville, Colorado State, Georgetown, Nevada, UNLV, Utah State, Yale. But Benny Tonga gets him to Oklahoma State, and he becomes a really, really talented linebacker who was probably one of the better players. I don't think the best as Jabbar and 
Jason Taylor had really good seasons as well, but one of the better players on this defense who I, I thought for sure until we heard the rumblings was going to be back. And then all of a sudden he's in the portal and you hear these blue blood names being thrown around. And it seems like it's again, speculation, but it seems like it would be related to NIL and maybe NFL type exposure there. And it's just a little weird to see from a guy like that. It's a lot. It's a lot of weird, I would say. And um, I'll say that, you know, again, this is what the transfer portal does. This is what that plus the NIL with no sort of restriction. I mean, there, there are no restrictions right now and that that's got to change, but that's what this is. And I said this on the podcast, I've said it on Twitter before that programs like Oklahoma state, and there are a lot of programs like Oklahoma state that are experiencing the same thing right now that pull in a player, develop them up, turn them into something really good. You know, and I shouldn't say, you know, Oklahoma State did that single-handedly. Mason Cobb was was the primary, you know, individual in that relationship. But Oklahoma State develops him. He gets a a WhatsApp from a friend of a friend about a. I, and I'm speculating. <laughs> and then A and M drops the bag, and Mason Cobb, who comes out of high school as a two low high two star, low three star. Three, I believe he's three. Three star is like, whoa. I mean, this is really an opportunity to one, set myself up financially uh, with a future in the NFL, a chance to set my my family up if need be. Um, I see how that decision is made. I also can see how everybody like me is looking at this and saying, oh, well, Everybody except the blue bloods and the deep pockets are turning into JUCOs for these bigger programs. And it's, it's hot. That's hot takey. I understand that, but it's not, not happening. Yeah. It, it's definitely, it's definitely something you've got to bring up and talk about because it feels like that at times. Yeah. And you're talking about a guy, Cade, that played, you know, I'd have to go back and look at every single one of my snap counts from this past season, but I want to say almost every snap on defense he didn't leave a lot with injuries team leading 96 tackles 13 tackles for loss two sacks an interception 11 qb hurries and a forced fumble just he was a, a bright spot key, a yeah. key part of this defense and it's it's going to be it's going to be a hole that oklahoma state needs to fill they've gone out and they've offered guys in the portal some, you know, we'll get to Justin Wright at Tulsa, but th- that's a really talented player in his own right. I don't think he's as athletic or dynamic as a Mason Cobb, but he's a very tenured, very solid linebacker who I've already gotten to watch a little bit of because I'm going to do a film breakdown on him because I think he's going to commit, <laughs> which we'll talk about in a little bit. But Lamont Bishop, Nick Martin, Donnie Stevens, Jeff Robertson. I know some of those guys are, are Will linebackers and not so much Mike, but... They could play that as well. There's a there's a lot of linebackers on this roster that I like. I don't think any of them can replace Mason Cobb day one, even somebody out of the transfer portal that we've offered so far, like, like a right. It's going to be a huge loss, but I do like what Oklahoma State has at linebacker. They've got Poesa Utu coming in in this next class. I would probably try to get one more linebacker, whether that be for the transfer portal or another high school guy in this 23 class, if you get right, that is. And 
it's going to be a big loss, but I don't think it's the blow that a Spencer Sanders is on the offense. Um, I would agree. It's not a, I mean, Spencer Sanders was the straw that stirred the drink and right. was the difference between what was at one point tracking to be a 10 win season. Uh, and you know, if, and with all due respect with Garrett Rangel in all year, that was a four win team at best that was on the field at the end of the year. So, yeah, I agree that Mason Cobb is a tremendous loss on the defense, and I, I don't think you can replace him day one. That guy's not on the roster. I will say I really like Justin Wright from Tulsa. I would have loved to see Justin Wright competing with a Xavier Benson for that other spot because I think that would have been kind of the the race I was talking about for the last several re- several weeks, assuming that Cobb stayed. But now... I would think that, you know, let's plug in right hypothetically. I think you've got an opportunity to do something there at linebacker, you know, maybe convince Benson to stay, improve in the offseason. Um, and then, you know, you've got something serviceable for next year. Yeah. So let, let's plug him in. Let's do the same thing we just did with the, with the let's do it. <laughs> let's plug him in. So you've got Justin Wright at the mic, Xavier Benson. At the will, or or if a Nick Martin were to beat him out, or if they get somebody else in the portal, but let's put Xavier there. Then on the defensive line, Colin Oliver, you're going to have to do something on the interior, but it's probably going to be a mix of Xavier Ross, Colin Clay, Samuela if he if he stays, Aiden Kelly. Then you've got Nathan Latou, who I feel great about. Deshaun Brown will probably be in the mix at defensive end as well. Then you've got Jabbar and Corey at your corners. Mixed in at the safety spots, Raymond Gay, Kendall Daniels, Lyric Rawls, Nick Sessions, Ty Williams, Trey Rucker, DJ McKinney, Cam Smith. The the defensive backfield, who we went into this season saying they were young, inexperienced, now these guys have gotten some run. Cam Smith got to play a bunch. DJ McKinney got in there for some snaps. Lyric Rawls got in there for a bunch of snaps. I feel pretty good about the defensive backs going into next year. If everything stays consistent, nobody else leaves in the portal, especially at corner with Jabbar and Corey, but even behind them with DJ and Cam Smith. And I know, I know DeMarco Jones will probably, you know, we've heard some things about him entering the portal, but with those guys out there, I, I don't, I like that. I like the ones on defense. I like that as well. Yeah, I, I do too. I Again, we talked about Cam Smith. Let's just circle him for a second. When it was happening, we talked about him as like, that'll be a guy that you'll look back on someday and be thankful for the early reps, even though it's kind of painful right now. That Texas game, he was out there the whole time. He was out there the whole time against Tech. I felt like at the time that would pay dividends. I would think next year is where you start to feel a little bit of that. Yeah, I agree. It- I think the other two guys we need to hit on the defense for sure, Thomas Harper and Trace Ford. We didn't see Thomas a lot this year. He went down with injury midway through the season. Gundy made it sound like on his rate, one of his last radio shows that he thought Thomas was going to come back. It looks like he's going to try to, you know, grad transfer and play one more year, somebody else. I don't blame him for that. You see that a lot with these defensive guys, you know, one more year somewhere else. It's a little bit different than the, the quarterback position or something like that. So that's fine. Harper's gone. I think that'll be a big loss. But again, we were able to 
you know, still win some games and compete without him out there. Yeah. Trace Ford's another big one, but on the bright side with Ford, that's going to give Colin Oliver even more reps at the Leo position. And Ford had gone down with another injury. I think for him, if he can go get a good NIL deal somewhere, I think that would be big time because who knows? I think he's talented enough for sure to play in the NFL, but who knows how long his body will hold up now after the two ACLs, the fractured kneecap. It's just a lot of injuries building on top of each other. So both of those guys will be big hits, but with Oliver and then with Ray Gay, the recent um, commitment of JUCO transfer Lardarius Webb, those are both guys who can come in and play that strike spot. And we've even seen, you know, a Jabbar, some of these other guys, Cam Smith came on there as a, in their dime package as a third corner. So some of these other guys have experience covering the slot. So I don't think the Harper loss and the Ford losses are, are anywhere near as big as the Cobb one. Am, am I wrong there? No, not, not wrong. I, I think Harper is a disappointing loss. But I, I mean, I do think if they chose to is a is the type of guy I think you can go pull in from the portal. It's not a shot at Thomas Harper, but I, I'm not a game breaker. Trace Ford is really kind of the guy I was referring to at the beginning of the show when I said there are a lot of these transfers that can be rationalized. You nailed it. I had a friend call me last night. And was like, Trace Ford's going to transfer. I'm like, well. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you go get an NIL deal if somebody was calling you exactly. up and you had just blown your knee out three times? I think I would. So it's it, it's easy to see how you arrive at that situation. And um, you know, I wish the best for both of those guys. But Trace, you know, did everything he was supposed to do at Oklahoma State, and so I, he's kind of like the per, the perfect transfer in the transfer portal. If there was such a thing, it's like, yeah, I totally get that. So. Yeah, and the other two guys on defense, Kanine Williams and Nadrian Desidere, both big special teams guys. Desidere was the backup. Uh, he wasn't on the two deep, but he was another Mike linebacker. That's just a guy who wasn't really ever to cra- wasn't really ever able to crack the depth chart. Another one, like you said, that you can rationalize. Kanine is definitely a loss in the leadership perspective. He was voted a team captain, captain before the games. He was the captain of the special teams, suffered a season-ending injury this year. And I, from what I've heard, he just wants to go start at safety somewhere. I'm sure. I don't think he was on the 2 deep at the beginning of the season behind Jason Taylor, but Lyric Rawls has shown that he's going to take over that spot next season over Kanayan. So all the best to Kanayan, all the best to Adrian. I think they will do, I think they will do fine. It'll probably be a lower program than Oklahoma State but nothing wrong with that they want to go start somewhere and get playing time yeah no I again depth pieces at a place where I think you can afford some losses of depth pieces um again I I just I feel like there's going to be a lot of guys in the portal that you can go if you chose to go plug in positions like that so uh, it's not not backbreaking there I guess we'll flip back to the offense real quick. Let's let's hit the, if you don't mind, kid, we'll hit the two that are kind of depth pieces real quick. The Langston Anderson, another guy, we saw him out there. He was able to show a few things. He, you know, he hustles out there. He, I commented on his blocking multiple times, made a few catches, some acrobatic plays, but the injuries built up. I think some guys are past them on the depth chart now with Stephon Johnson and Talon Shetron. 
going to be back next year, not to mention guys like Jaden Bray, Bryson Green. You'll be getting Blaine Green back at the Cowboy back. I'm sure he'll be utilized in the passing game more than some of the other Cowboy backs have been in the past. So another one you can rationalize. I don't think it's a huge loss other than the depth piece. It's sad how Langston's career kind of ended up because we had huge hopes for him. I remember writing yeah. about him for pistols firing coming out of high school. I thought he was awesome. Yeah. You know, Des type player. I feel like we say that a lot about these receivers yeah. in high school where they come to Oklahoma state, but sad to see that, but not one that I think is really a huge blow to the offense for next season. No, I I'm, I'm with you completely. It's really a predictable outcome, but I was disappointed just to know that like, well, it's never going to happen here. And I had high hopes for him, but you know, the, the multiple injuries, the multiple season ending injuries um, just leads you to this point. And it's, it's kind of like the trace Ford thing. Uh, Langston just really was never able to stay on the field nearly as long. Yeah. And I think Langston can go be, if he can stay healthy, I think he can go be your number one receiver somewhere and, oh, yeah. and play really well. You know, if he, if he finds the right spot, he's got so much talent. Same thing I mean, with a lot of these guys, Trace Ford. You know, we're saying that's not going to be a huge blow for some of these guys to Oklahoma State's team next year because there's some younger guys that we know can step in because these guys were already injured, but they're very talented players. And yeah. the other one, Eli Russ, third string center, had to step in a lot this season when Preston Wilson went down with injury. Joe Mahalski had to move to guard due to some injuries on the line. I thought Eli did a great job in what he was asked to do. I'm a little surprised at this one because we heard, we had heard, and I think it was even reported that he may be thinking about retiring from football before this last season, and now he's going to transfer. So that one's a little, that's the only interesting part of this one. But again, I, I don't think, especially if Mahalski, now that Wilson's back and with Mahalski coming back, and they're even, they've even targeted some sinners in the portal, I, I, this one's not, not hard to rationalize either. Yeah, no, it's, you know, I, I think on the offensive line specifically, um, again, we talked about it earlier. You've got those five pieces up front. Um, I think there's plenty of room for depth pieces, but he was a guy that was even kind of lower than that. So it's not really shocking. There it was a guy though, that I was excited about, um, but it just never, it never really came together. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to try not to say rationalizing again. You got me started on that. Now I can't stop. Word of the day. Okay, we'll do... We've got two more guys to hit. I want to save Braylon for last. Yeah, I knew it. a couple comments on that one. So we'll talk about Dom. Hey, this one, it sucks losing Dom because he's a great guy to have in the running back room. You and I, I feel like, did have our orange tinted glasses on with him a lot this year because you're probably right. We don't want to. It was. Just, it's just hard to bash Dom because he runs so hard. Everything we hear about him is he's a really great guy. He seems like all his teammates like him. He's an Oklahoma City guy. It's just tough. It was tough to you know kind of bash him, even though there were times we said maybe he doesn't fit in this scheme. He's got some vision issues with that with the kind of outside zone running scheme. He may not have the elusiveness in the open field. Then you see him catch a screen pass and make some moves. So it's like, well, maybe he does. And I think me and you and I were on that train for a lot of the year. Then he had some injuries. It's not shocking if Ollie is going to stay, 
And they're offering some other running backs. DeAndre Jackson said he's staying. You got CJ Brown on the roster, Jaden Nixon on the roster. It's a pretty full room. And with what Ollie showed late and what we've saw from him in high school and that, you know, he's such a talented recruit. It's not that shocking, I don't think, for Dom to transfer if he thought that those guys were going to kind of jump him on the depth chart. I I also think it's pretty good management of that room from whoever is doing it. You know, it's Coach Wozniak in this case, but who's really the one saying, hey, you know, th- this is Ollie's chance now. I don't know who that person making that final decision is. But what I'll say is this is Ollie's turn. Like, I, I think Dom did enough to maintain that spot that year. I don't think, kind of like back to the point of you can't run the same thing out there next year. Dom is really one of the guys that I we talked about in the offseason coming into the year. Like, okay, I'm not really sure what you have there. I think it might be good. I think it might not be. I still don't know. So, like, yeah, it can't be the same because we still, it's like, eh, it can't be, eh. I think you have a guy in Ollie who's not eh. And I think Jaden Nixon, with those two guys, keep them happy and keep them on the roster because they're two young guys you can build around. And shoot, the fact that DeAndre Jackson is still staying is really interesting. It's not something I'm looking into too deeply. I've actually heard decent things on the Ollie Gordon front, but again, it's a fluid situation. So who really knows? Yeah. And it's something you had kind of called for. And I know you were probably thinking more coaching staff. And I know you said wipe the slate clean earlier, but in just previous podcasts, not that they asked Dom to leave or anything like that. That's not what we're insinuating, but it is a change that maybe needed to be made with the room that you have kind of, kind of what you alluded to. I'm basically just saying what you just said again. So <laughs> well, I'm glad you liked it. No, it's exactly <laughs> it. And I'm, I'm not even insinuating that. Well, I, I guess I am. I don't know what happened, but I, I would have been disappointed candidly as an Oklahoma state fan. If, if it was not Ollie uh, as RB one next year, just from a, what I've seen on the field, what I think the trajectory is there for a player like him. I would have been disappointed to not have the keys kind of handed to him in that running back room. Just my opinion. It's interesting too. And I know they're targeting some guys in the portal, but now you have an Ollie who's kind of your do it all main lead back. You've got your Jaden Nixon as your change of pace guy. And you've got Deandre as your power back, which is more of a typical running back room that you see. Whereas this year you had Dominic who was kind of your power back and Deandre who was your power back and, Ollie, who's too young to know what he can really do yet. So it was just a, we talked about it a lot. The running back room pieces didn't really fit well. And I think this, even though it's sad to see Dom go, love Dom, awesome player, gave it his all every time out there. I think this piece leaving may actually make the running back room operate a little bit more efficiently. That's kind of where I'm at. And I'm going to just stand on my soapbox for like 30 seconds on this. There is a, I mean, College football players have today every opportunity to go wherever they want to, whenever they want to with the transfer portal. That's fantastic. I I look at kind of the way Mike Boynton has handled the transfer portal with like Isaac Likely. That was a mutual thing. Ice decided, you know, I need a new change. Of, I, need, I need a change of scenery. Mike Boynton was probably like, Ice, you need a new change of scenery. I would say as, as, you know, maybe point blank as this is, 
it would be a disservice to the rest of the guys in the room if you didn't leverage the transfer portal as a coach. So now I'm like, this is crazy. If you didn't leverage the transfer portal and say, hey, you need to get in the portal because you don't really have a spot here anymore. Every scholarship, I don't know if people know this, scholarships are not a four-year deal. They renew every year. With the transfer portal, these guys have basically unrestricted free agency anyway. So if you're not operating the way they're operating, it's kind of bold, but you're probably behind and you're probably going to get caught flat-footed. Yeah, it's a great point to make. And it, it's something that you kind of forget about when you think about this. But yeah, it's it kind of goes both ways there. And it's not it's not probably the, the happiest <laughs> You probably don't want to hear it, but that's about. how it goes. Yeah. How it's literally that, happening. That is how it works. Okay, Cade. I think we hit everybody. I'm che- I'm double checking, except except for the guy we wanted to save for last. Do you want to lead this, or do you want me to? Oh, well, this is an interesting one, right? I mean, and we just to caveat it real quick. We don't want to bash any any of these guys. These are 18 to 22 year old kids that are playing college football. We don't want to bash anybody's families, but we thought we had to talk about this just a little bit. Well, and and you're doing it for me. You're you're bringing my temperature down, and I'm thankful for it. Um, so, I mean, Braylon Presley entering the portal was, I would say, behind Cobb, the most surprising decision of the day. What was more surprising was the the comments that came out after it, was the kind of Tulsa world piece about it, where they were discussing the reasons there was an interview with his mom this is uh not something we've seen before it was you know borderline disgruntled not borderline disgruntled is absolutely the word to use i'll stand on that um but i mean dustin i mean i know you have the quotes why don't we go ahead and read them yeah, so Bill Haston wrote the article, and it's really cool to get an interview like this after a player leaves, and it's honestly interesting to hear these honest thoughts. I just don't think this is the best manner to go about it for multiple reasons, which we'll get into, one being that your brother is still on the team and, as far as I know, is dating the offensive coordinator's daughter. It just makes everything a little awkward, I think, for everybody. But the first quote, isn't isn't bad at all. He says, after praying about it, talking with my parents about it, and after talking with Coach Dunn, I knew I had to leave. Then he goes on to say, the reasoning was that he wanted to be in the backfield, used in the backfield more, which I'll just say that's completely understandable. If he was told, I'm not sure I 100% believe this part, but if he was told that he was going to be using the backfield some as early as next year, and he didn't. I. That's fine. That's completely fine. I mean, it's fine to, if he wants to leave for any reason, but that's a completely justifiable reason. However, he goes on to say, "I was told that I would never be used. I was never told that I would never be used in the backfield when I was recruited. The coaches said they wanted to utilize me in the backfield and at the receiver spot. Then he says." <laughs> I just feel like our backs weren't being used correctly, if I'm being completely honest. I just didn't feel like they were being coached right to be the best running backs they could be. That right there just is a little odd to me to make when you're transferring away 
from a school that you committed to originally after your true freshman season when you didn't even enroll early. You got there at in summer camp and I've been here six months. You're going to leave and make those comments. The leaving isn't the problem. Making those comments in the Tulsa world is a just to me, it just seemed a little odd. Well, here's why it's odd, Dustin, because, and I'm, I am not bashing Braylon. I was so pumped to see him play for Oklahoma state, but the problem is we barely saw him play. I mean, we, we didn't even really see him play a whole lot at the position he was recruited for. So if there was a promise made to where you're going to be a Tavon Austin, you know, Tyree kill type of gadget player, then that's one thing. But your primary role in the offense is to be a wide receiver, right? We're not going to put you at running back behind this offensive line this season. I mean, especially if, if did he just want, here's why I'm confused. Did he just want to be a running back? Because you have to be a receiver first and then be able to operate out of the backfield in this scenario that I'm, you know, I'm sure that's what they were discussing, right? It's like, we're going to move you around a little bit. And I just, I don't get it. I really don't get it. Yeah. And he's a guy that's listed at 5'8, 165. Again, this is just this. <laughs> I don't know this for a fact. This Our is just head. me speculating a little bit from and speculating, I think, pretty accurately. But yeah. I don't think he's 5'8. And I would be, I would be shocked if he was 165. Yeah, the results determined and, that was a lie. Um, and you and you made the point. The point. The main point is that w- I don't think that would work behind this offensive line. He would have to be breaking tackles like a dom did, running through people. And I don't think you can do that at that size. Now, I'm not saying he'd never be able to do that. We've seen small guys be able to get through the interior of a defense and be able to kind of get to the second level and then bust huge runs, but as a true freshman that got there in the summer, I just think you need a little bit more time in the program. And, you know, they go on, you know, his family, you, you mentioned his mom makes some comments comparing him to, to Deuce Vaughn <laughs> and, you know, just also taking some shots at the coaching staff. That is fine. Braylon Presley could end up being as good as Deuce Vaughn, but true freshman Braylon Presley that got there in the summer is not as good as one of the best running backs in college football this season. I I don't think, and a guy that caught and has caught over 40 passes the past two seasons. Whereas, you know, the one knock on Braylon and we kind of saw it in a couple games this year has been some, the drops is from what we've heard and from what we've seen. I just don't know how you can make that comparison there for one. It's, it just all of it. I'm just going to say this word, and then I, I think, Cade, I might be done for mine, and I'll flip it back over to you. It just all seemed a little ridiculous, the the whole thing. I agree with you, Dustin, and and it's unfortunate. I mean, his brother, you know, I, I, I look back at Brennan, I'm like, well, that sucks, dude. I'm sorry that happened to you because his mom is talking about the current coaching staff and the way that his son – in Braylon was being utilized. And that's so awkward. That's so awkward. So awkward. 
And so I don't know what that means for Brennan and, and, you know, does he do anything, you know, enter the portal? I, I don't know, but I'm sure there was a, I, hope not. I would hope not too. I'm sure there was a like, what the heck mom? Like you're embarrassing me in front of my friends like that. I I'm probably saying too much here, but I don't know. I, I, I feel bad for Brennan in that, in that, you know, in that perspective and, and, you know, more power to Braylon. I, I hope he doesn't go to OU. I think he's going to have a, a good career wherever he ends up. But what I'll say is I don't think Oklahoma state did much wrong here. I, I, I don't, I don't either. And on the flip side, Cade, look, the backfield, you and I disagreed with some of the things they did this year. You and I got, I disagreed with some of the things the offensive staff did this year and coach Dunn, we talked about it. We broke it down during during the games. So I can see the call out being correct. I don't think there's anything absurd about him like thinking that. I just think to say all of it was a little odd. And he could be completely right. And that that's obviously concerning in its own right. I just think the whole thing, and if it was done on Twitter, no big deal. If it was done on Instagram, no big deal. I just thought in combination with the Tulsa world, it was a little much. And I think that's why you and I wanted to talk about it. And we don't normally talk about stuff like this, but it rubbed us both so wrong. I feel like we had, and sorry if I'm speaking out of turn there, but we had to bring it up and we will try to stay away from stuff like this normally because I don't really feel comfortable talking about it. It's it's an ick for me for sure. (laughs) But I just felt like we had to with this and, and, if it if it rubs anybody the wrong way that's listening, I apologize. We weren't trying to do that. Just thought it was something we needed to bring up. Well, yeah, I, I probably stepped. I don't know. I I I just the whole thing was weird, and it's not something we've seen before. Um, a a player speaking to the media, you know, so candidly about why they transferred, and then the mom comes into the picture, and just weird. It also like. I mean, Nadrian Dizadere, without just, you know, calling somebody out, said, I'm more than an emergency linebacker in his post. And it's like, kids these days, skin <laughs> a little bold out here on us. If everybody did it, it would honestly be hilarious. Oh, we could have a segment. We could absolutely would, have a segment. If everybody did it, then it would be, I would be fine with it. You well, know, if hey, everybody, guys, I appreciate it, but I'm going to go get this bag real quick. So uh, peace out. Well, if everybody did it, we wouldn't even be talking about this. We'd just be like, "Hey, <laughs> did you see what? Did you see what Spencer Sanders' dad said?" <laughs> but yeah, we we can move on. Just it was a it was a hot topic in my brain, and I know it was in your brain. We we said that we would hit it, so probably went a, a little too long. But there, well, there it is. I mean. Are we missing anything on the transfer portal? What I'll say, uh, I think we need to talk about the other the other side, the coming in. <laughs> we probably do. Yeah, we talked about the going. Right. We got to talk about the entering. Go for it. <laughs> All right, so we've got Oklahoma State has a bunch of offers out right now. In future episodes, we can get back to what Cade and I did last year, where we kind of call out some guys that we like that haven't been offered, but with all the offers Oklahoma state has thrown out recently. I think we're going to keep an eye on these guys because last year it felt like, you know, Prince Pines kind of popped out of nowhere, even though I called it, but he popped out of nowhere this time they're offering 
a bunch of guys. Last year, they threw out a few offers early. It kind of got quiet, and then guys would just pop up that they were taking a visit. This year, they've offered Joshua Braun, offensive lineman from Florida, Shane Cokes, defensive lineman from Dartmouth, Nick Gargiulio, offensive lineman from Yale, Anthony Goodlow, defensive lineman from Tulsa, Devin Phillips from Colorado State, who entered the portal a while back, Justin Wright, linebacker from Tulsa, who we mentioned earlier, Raymond Davis, running back from Vanderbilt, Xavier Gilroy from Idaho State, wide receiver, Savion Washington, an offensive lineman from Kent State, and just recently, right before the pod, Deshaun Stribling announced an offer, Washington State wide receiver. That is a lot of guys, Cade. A lot of guys and a lot of positions. So we've had, I had somebody just respond to me, why not go get a position of need? I think everything is a position of need in the portal era. Just get used to this. Like this is kind of your second recruiting class. Like there's, there's going to be a wave of new people coming in and they may fill several positions. So we can get caught up in that right now because they're, they're all over the board. Yeah, I completely agree. And the only one of those that I've seen, and I checked right before the pod, that has committed elsewhere is Joshua Braun from Florida. He went ahead and committed to Arkansas yeah, as Arkansas. of yesterday. So the other guys are all still out there. Okay, we don't need to go one by one because obviously if any of these guys commit, we will break them down in detail. We'll do the Twitter videos. Who is your favorite and who is your biggest need? They may be the same. Hmm. Man, it's a really good question. I think anybody on the O line is a is an upgrade. Um, I, I really like the Kent State kid. Just love competition at that spot. Um, I mean, they. I don't. I don't really know because I think they need everybody. I love the Vanderbilt uh, running back as an idea, but I don't know if you necessarily need him. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if I have a favorite. I, I may I may listen to what you have to say. Yeah, well, I mean, I like all of them, but <laughs> I want to just give a few highlights. Savion Washington from Kent State played all of his snaps at right tackle, 6'8", 342-pounder. A lot of people are coming after him, but if you could plug him in right away at right tackle – then Kweki's your swing tackle, and he's a little bit younger guy. Gives a little bit more time to develop. Then you're rolling with Etienne, Birmingham, Wilson, Brooks, or or Woodard, but I, I think it would be Brooks because I think Woodard's gone. And then Washington at your right tackle spot with Kweki in your as your depth piece, and I think that's just massive if you're able to do that. I also really like the Vanderbilt running back, a thousand yard rusher. I think he had five touchdowns on 233 carries and over 1,000 yards. He's been good. I, I believe he was at Temple before Vanderbilt, and he ran for over 1,000 yards there. That would be awesome to kind of bring him in, but I don't think it's a huge position to need, like you mentioned. But I think the guy that they're going to get, and that is a big, big piece, is Justin Wright from yeah. Tulsa. I think he's he's someone that's been at Tulsa for a long time. He's a little bit bigger than Cobb weight-wise. He's around like 245-ish, 6'2", out of Abilene Cooper in Texas. He's just a stat-filling monster for the Golden Hurricane. The last three seasons, he's earned some sort of All-American Athletic Conference honors. 
just a really good player. Like I mentioned earlier in the pod, not the dynamic. I don't think you'd see him, you know, shooting a gap and make a tackle in the backfield through an offensive lineman like Cobb had did multiple times because that's just freak athleticism. But he can the Wyoming game is the game that I watch and he's tossing off O linemen. He's making tackles. He's making tackles on the perimeter. He, he knocked a pass down and pass cover in zone coverage. I definitely think football IQ wise, maybe a, maybe a slight jump up from Cobb just since he's so experienced. I don't think he's someone that could come in and instantly take over that spot and be as good as Cobb, but this is as good as a stop gap as you can get. I think, I think he's one of the better linebackers in the portal. Yeah, no, I, Completely agree. And if I had to put a confidence meter on this from eight to 10, I'm at like a eight that this guy's coming to Oklahoma state. I mean, have heard good things here. We'll see if anything changes, but um, I, I think they were on him pretty quickly. I think he was on Oklahoma state pretty quickly. Absolutely. A position of need. I mean, if you want to have a plug and play starter right away, he's probably your guy. Oh, and I missed one when I went through everybody, Dre McCray. Love his name. From oh, Austin yeah. P. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a 5'977-pounder. It's more of a slot kind of receiver position, so I'm not sure if they need him. He can burn on the outside, though, too. But he's one of the like most coveted wide receiver names right Well, the portal, so I don't know if they're going to get him. Austin P. shout out Abe Spencer. I mean, he's strength coach out there now. I mean, maybe that's how they got the connection. Who knows? I like it. I like yeah. it. So we'll, we'll go through and what we'll probably do in the future weeks is if they keep throwing out offers, we can keep talking about the guys that we like that haven't committed. And then the new offers, if they stop throwing out offers, I'll dive in Cade head first into the transfer <laughs> portal and I will get you guys my favorite guys, which probably will mean nothing. Um, no, it was quick, I, we... before you keep going. It was a blast last year to talk through those guys and then look up on Saturdays and be like, Oh, that was a guy. That was a guy that came through <laughs> our podcast. <laughs> yes. It was a lot of me rambling and being annoying, but it, it was fun too. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. No, no, I was just going to say there's a lot of recruiting stuff that came out, but just, you know, the basketball games starting here soon, the same Houston State game, Cade and I want to do some videos and stuff on that during the game. So we were going to try to stop there. So we don't want to go too long before questions, but Cade, I did want to hit one recruiting thing and then ask yeah, if for you sure. had anything, I, I guess too, that I didn't mention in the transfer portal, but NEO junior college defensive tackle, Eamon Oates, he was on an official visit recently, 6'3", 305 pounder. That's a guy who I think could come in and add some depth to the interior of the defensive line, which I think personally is the biggest area of need on the entire team, even with the Spencer Sanders leading a quarterback. If you can't stop the run and stop these offensive linemen from getting up to the linebackers, you're going to struggle again next season mightily. So, that's a big name there. And then I think uh, Lodarius Webb, the yeah. junior college transfer from Jones College. I watched his huddle tape. He looks like more of a corner, but apparently he's had time at safety as well. And he's also a return specialist. I think this is a guy they brought in to come in and try to plug in right away at the strike spot and rotate in there with Raymond Gay. Yeah, I I like him. I think he had like six interceptions in Juco last year. So a, a good player and super active on social, which which your marketing boy over here loves. But yeah, I, I yeah. like him a lot and I like his length, I like his athleticism too. 
and he's he's someone that this isn't just a random name. I think it's actually getting a little bit underplayed with all the transfer. Agreed. He took an official visit to KU, Mississippi State, Virginia Tech, Washington were coming after him. He's added to this class, and I think he's one of the highlights now on this class. Yeah, agreed. He was all everything in JUCO. His dad, NFL player, Super Bowl winner with the Ravens. So it's been uh, it's pretty awesome that they got this guy, and I think he's a name that you're gonna see as soon as next season on the field on defense. Even if he's just rotating in, this is a guy that can play Thomas Harper's spot, and you know probably not be as good as Harper was this season, but someone who can build up to that point. So that's pretty big time. And Kendall, we're talking about underrated. I, just going back to. Colin Oliver and Kendall Daniels. We kind of left them out. We talked about Preston Wilson and Cole Birmingham coming back, but man, is it big time that those two are coming back. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. It helps you out so much when you start game planning for next year. You talk about how do you attack the portal? Well, middle of your O line looks a little bit better. You know, you asked me, you know, what's a position of need D line. I love the Dartmouth kid. Um, There's going to be several others that get through the portal. I think it's, I as much as I hate the portal, I do love it too. Like it does make this time of year really, really interesting. So, and it's good for the podcast. So we'll take. And it. they're probably going to bring in ten guys. Yeah, I would think they're probably going to replace these guys with guys in the portal. You know, maybe you see a couple other JUCO guys in there, but it's going to be very active coming in from the yeah. portal as well. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I know this episode, we spent a lot of time on the guys going out, but that's because you and I, Kate, don't think there's going to be a mass exodus like this again before the portal closes. So I think this episode was a good one to kind of look back at that. And then going forward, we'll dive into who can Oklahoma State bring in. I love it. You did a great job. Nailed it. And thank you for putting that all Thanks. together because it's uh, it's a lot to keep track of, I'm sure. it's. Well, let- I have a lot of fun doing it, but thank you. It's, it's a blast. Well, before we get to Q&A, let's take a break and hear a quick word from one of our sponsors. Check out Homefield Apparel's new Oklahoma State line. I don't know if you have. I know Dustin and I both are rocking the new Homefield Apparel shirts that have just gone live on their website at homefieldapparel.com. I mean, the curse of cowboys across the chest is absolutely gorgeous. I don't know if you guys have seen the Pistol Patty t-shirt, but it is great as well. And Homefield Apparel is doing phenomenal stuff, even outside of Oklahoma State sports. If you go on their website right now, you can see potential future Big 12 members, Colorado, with a throwback t-shirt on their website. I'm just a big fan of Homefield stuff, and the quality is unbelievable. So check them out at homefieldapparel.com. And when you use our promo code feels 12 you actually will get a discount. That's right. Feels 12. We'll get you 15% off your first order when you use our promo code feels 12 at homefieldapparel.com. Check them out right now and tell them that the feels like 45 podcast. Sent you. All right. Well, Dustin, I'm sure people were wondering before we left for break. Hey, what about basketball? And only one thing happened. But since we talked last week and it was something terrible as Oklahoma State, you know, took it on the chin in stores, Connecticut from the Huskies who have turned a corner, my friend. They are really good. They are. They're so physical. And Oklahoma State kept it close at the beginning. And when you look at the final score, it actually looks like it was pretty close. But it we know from, <laughs> from watching that game, it was not close that they were able to get it 
within you know 10 they're late but it 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 was fun early and then it kind of all fell apart i don't think it's anything to put too much weight on because like you said uconn is really really good and then we can't break down the sam houston state game because it's literally going to start in like 25 minutes (laughs) yeah well sam houston state number seven in the net let's uh let's go get a big win here this would be a good one this would be good and this was this was a big time when they've beaten what ou utah yeah yeah, be a lot of fun to win this one. I I think you could see a big. Now I'm breaking it down, but <laughs> see, saying Caleb, I think you see some big stuff from them. I uh, I love when you can't help yourself. It's the best. <laughs> All right, let's get to questions. Here's one from a guy who was having some technical difficulties last week, but it's from Justin Southwell. What's up? Feels like 45. It's your boy South, aka Justin Southwell. <laughs> Y'all remember not too long ago. Gundy leveraged interest from other schools into getting more money in his contract at OSU. Now, just because you enter your name in the transfer portal, that doesn't mean you have to transfer. You can return. What are the odds Mason Cobb is putting his name in the portal to generate more quote-unquote NIL opportunities with (laughs) Oklahoma State? Gets whatever it is he's looking for and ends up staying for his senior year. Well, Justin, I number one, I love the quote unquote NIL opportunities as if that is very <laughs> coy. <laughs> Dude, I love I love the question. Thanks so much, Justin, for sending one in. And if you don't know Justin, I know I've said it on here before, he's got a podcast with Megan Robinson and Eve Toba. And also Justin is a former Oklahoma State football player, if you didn't know that. So awesome to have him and and a really nice guy. But yeah, awesome absolutely. to have him send the question in. If that if that were the case, I'd be completely fine with it. And I, tell me where to donate the money to, Kate. It would start feeling like forty five again if that were to happen. Because lately, <laughs> it's been a little thirty nine. It's not not all that all the way there. Now, in general, I do like I, I do think and agree with Justin's kind of overall idea there. I, I could definitely see that happening in certain cases. I, just from what we've heard on Cobb, I don't think that's the case. But yeah, maybe you jump in and say, "Hey, if you if you want to keep me, give me some more nil money." You didn't think I was being serious. Well, now I'm in the portal. It would be, and he's right. You don't have to. Um, transfer a school also this is this is an aside a school once you enter the transfer portal has no obligation to honor your scholarship if you come back so i'm Which sure you shouldn't take shots right like i mean i i know these guys could get scholarships somewhere else it's just it's just an odd thing to do you and i know it's not you can't compare it to a job because it's college football and these are students but you would never do that when you're leaving the job. Ever. You put in your two weeks. You say, never... actually, you guys suck. That's I'm like, here. that's literally like flipping the printer over on your way out or, you know, office space style. Doing something on the hood of your boss's car. I don't know. Let's just go down the list. <laughs> no, but there, you're exactly right. Back to Justin's question. I would love that. Do I expect it? No. Would it be awesome? Heck yeah. And maybe there's a little NIL money left in the budget. Uh, with Spencer saying no. <laughs> and I like where Justin's head's at. I do too. I just like that energy. Coming Optimism. On the we need more yeah. of it. Absolutely. Thank- Seriously though, Justin, thanks for the question. That was a good one. Here's one from Ryan. What's up, dudes? You guys may talk about this already, but 
it seems like the way the transfer portal is set up now cannot be sustainable. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of kids that will end up missing out. And after a few years, some changes are going to have to be made. But I'm curious what you guys would change about the transfer portal or, or just if you had to start from scratch, how would you uh, set up the transfer portal going forward? That's a good one. Dustin, you want me to take that? Yeah, it's really good. And yeah, I wanted to, I want you to kind of just completely take this. One. <laughs> I'll definitely go back and forth with you there. But my, my, what I wanted to say is I really, truly, I'm not just trying to cop out like I always do, but I don't know what I would do because the thought that keeps popping into my head is make them sit out a year. There are so many cases. I You can't let the coaches just change whenever they want and make the players sit out a year. So I don't want to be unfair to the players either. And I mean, they're the main focus. They're the student athletes. So that's the one that always pops into my head. And then instantly I'm like, well, you can't do that because there would be too many exceptions anyway. That's what was happening before. So I really don't have a good solution, but I know your huge brain probably does. (laughs) I don't know. My solution would be go back to one free transfer. I mean, you get one. I, here, here's what I is that not what they've gone to? Is that not what is happening now well, though? Well, I don't know. I think maybe the COVID year mess thing. You've got guy. I mean, JT Daniels has been in the portal. He's going to his fourth school, and he's going to have immediate eligibility. Yeah, because it's a his. So you can get out of it if you grad transfer. Is that so is that stupid? What it is? So I don't know if. And again, we, you said I have a huge brain. I wouldn't be so sure of that because I don't know <laughs> if you have, like, if there was an exception made due to COVID and now there is a, you know, now he's a grad transfer. So JT Daniels is is the example I would point out. You can't take NIL deals at four schools and transfer every year. I think that's outrageous. And I mean, and I don't even think that that's like a hot take. I think that's crazy to be a coach trying to build a roster with that type of volatility right now. I do think after the COVID year kind of like gets out of the, the system of college sports, things will come back to normal, but I I would go back to some sort of restrictions on transfers with an accepted NIL. I don't know. That's where my head is at because right now you literally have unrestricted free agency and the ability to enter the portal and test the waters at any point in time. And I mean, you, you have, we said this on the podcast, you don't even have that in, in pro sports. There are contracts in place. Like there, there needs to be something like that. I think. Yeah. And I like that. And what JT Daniels done is crazy, but honestly smart by him, who knows how much NIL he's actually going to end up with. He may be able to retire after college football. Maybe he will. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> he needs to get out of the though, portal, Ryan, That's a really good one. Yes. yes. Here's here's uh, another Ryan. I was curious if there was any guys on our roster from the, the DNs, the bigger DNs, like Walter Shot specifically, how he held up against the run and if he could possibly be big enough to move inside. Uh, just, you know, kind of what you guys are hearing or on the two deep, kind of on the D line next year. Great question, Ryan, Ryan. That's that's honestly that question plays in my head every day because I'm a weirdo. But the interior defensive line, I'm going to keep saying it until they get somebody out of the portal. That is my biggest concern. 
going into next season because I've already made, Cade, you know, I've already made my two deep. <laughs> I'll start putting them out on Twitter soon, but it's way too early. You guys will make fun of me if I do that. So I don't, I don't know who you put there in the two deep. It, I'm not certain Sam Wella is going to come back. And I think that might be more of a either try for the NFL or retire because he's been here so long. He's a little bit older guy. But even if he does come back, you're looking at Xavier Ross, Colin Clay, Aiden Kelly, and Sam Wella. And the only one of those I really feel comfortable with moving inside to a one or zero technique is, is Sam Wella. And he's the one that I'm thinking may not be back. So you have to go get multiple guys. I think at least two on the D line because everybody else, like you mentioned, Ryan is more of a defensive end type. We've seen Walter Scheid move inside a little bit this year, especially late when he was having to play due to injuries and they were going with the two Leo looks that kind of two, four, five peso set. And it looked okay. And you, you maybe could add a little bit more muscle and weight to Walter Scheid, but he's pretty much already, I think, fully developed at this point. So I don't know. You can't just go in with the roster you have right now in the next season on the defensive line. You can't because you're losing a C you're losing Evers. You already, you're losing Lacey from, from two years ago. You lost Antoine. That's depleted that middle kind of nose zero one tech defensive lineman. And you've got to go get one. Cause I don't think you have a guy on your roster right now that you feel super comfortable with at that spot. I, I said it was a potentially, yeah, I mean, it's not even potentially anymore. That, that is a like multiple type of player position of need. I think you need two at minimum in that interior defensive line. Cause I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't know. I mean, do you really feel good with, with, you know, a Sam Wella in the event he does come. I mean, I just, there's really nobody there. And Walter Scheid's not the guy, just too tall. And um, I, I think he's a good, you know, end guy, but he's not the guy you want, you know, you know, matched up with some of the centers in this league. And they don't even really have, you know, Jaden Foreman, he would need to put on a lot of weight, I think, to play that spot. There's really, I you know, Ricky Loahia, he's, I, I believe he, from what I'd seen, is more of an edge guy. I'd have to go back. I might be misremembering there. But he's a guy that has the size to be able to move in there. But we're talking about true freshmen coming in. Yeah. So it, it's, it's going to be interesting to kind of see what they do there. But like you said, it's a multiple spot position. And that's why you've seen, you know, two transfer portal guys and then the uh, NEO guy as well already being offered yeah 100 percent. totally agree with you all right flipping it over to twitter yeah i think so we'll run through the some of these we've already hit so we'll definitely you know we'll shout you out and say, say a few things on it but we'll probably move on if it's something we've already hit kind of in detail and a couple of these are just just some jokes some jokes at the beginning from some twitter <laughs> funny guys we've got our guy robert wetzel Asking when uh, he's uh, how did o- OSU do that? When are open tryouts? He asked. Kate. Well, I don't know. We haven't got the email yet because we're there, right? <laughs> yeah, via uh, Mark Wahlberg. I mean, I'm on the situation. list. I'm supposed to get that email. So, oh, uh, we got our buddy Royal John OSU at Wasted Optimism. He says, "Are we all going to die? And who is more to blame, Gundy or Dunn?" <laughs> 
Well, Dustin and I are already dead. We died yesterday. Um, <laughs> actually, we died. Uh, what was that? Two weeks ago, two Saturdays ago. Um, yeah, no, I, it's a good joke. Good joke. <laughs> we love. We do love these. Uh, you know, Landon McBride, our guy Trent Laney. Some more jokes on done with done. Talking about eligibility <laughs> left. So, <laughs> I I will I will agree with you. I do love a good Twitter funny guy in the in the Twitter questions. Yeah, we love. We we don't mind the the jokes that aren't real questions. We'll definitely shout those out because they make us laugh. And even if you're being serious, you know, fire everybody. We love that as well because yeah. it's fun to us. I'll say so, or funny girl. I'll just say that too. Go ahead. Yes. Yes. Agree. We don't discriminate. So, um, Louis Rodarte at Rodart LA. He says, why haven't we seen any changes on the coaching staff yet? Or what are the rumors? Good question. Do you, I, I think the thing is here, there's, there's multiple things that could be going on and they're probably all wrong from what I'm going to say, but they could be waiting a little bit closer to signing day. They don't want any guys to decommit. Maybe want to, you know, now that the dead period's over, they're able to go, the coaches are able to go back out to meet with these kids. It might be a situation where a coach is coming to meet with them and explaining, Hey, there might be some changes, things like that. And they haven't got to meet with everybody yet. Cause you know, that just opened back up recently to where they're able to go and meet, you know, Gundy's going to need to go meet with these guys and probably explain to them if there's going to be any coaching changes. That could be one thing. Two, there could maybe not be as many as we initially thought. Maybe it's just one coach leaving. And three, there could be, you know, some stuff already going on that just hasn't been announced. You nailed it. I, I think it's one of those things. I would be beside myself if the same group came back next year, the way things were last year. Um, but I think you laid the three scenarios out perfectly. I don't see another way you enter 2023 other than one of those things happening. Yeah. And just to go back to the rumors again, not, not really on who's coming in, but on going out. I, I personally think that they're going to make a change at offensive line coach. And that's the one I, I feel personally most confident about. I haven't heard anything new just from kind of what I think maybe should happen along with the rumors that we've heard. I think the change would be made there and now that you're seeing some of these guys coming back that you maybe heard were a little bit disgruntled, it just makes me feel like that is going to be what eventually happens. Yep. Agreed. Agreed completely. Awesome. Brian Metcalf asked, he just asked a question about some stat stuff. Just wanted to shout Brian out since he sent that on the, on the thread. I unfortunately wasn't able to answer. So sorry, Brian. <laughs> uh, we've got, Spencer McIntosh, he says, have we extended any offers to Power 5 transfers? Just seems like we over only go after a group of five guys. Um, we did I, we did actually see two just pop yeah. up with the yeah. Vandy running back and the Washington State wide receiver. So they're all in right now. And if you believe if you believed Mike Gundy saying he doesn't like the portal, he's not going to do anything in the portal, I don't know what to tell you because we knew that wasn't going to happen. It's, it's, he's in there and they're in there intensely right now with what 10 offers. I think I listed off already. Yeah. Well, I, I've got news for you. Mike Gundy likes the portal and the liver King is on steroids. So sorry guys, whole lot of surprises going on in the world. Uh, Bill Manat at Bill, my geo guy says, need some positive news to curb all the crap that's come out in the last few days. Got anything for us? Man, if you are not pumped up about Kendall Daniels, Colin Oliver, Preston Wilson, Birmingham coming back, 
again, I don't know what to tell you. I know I just used that phrase, but that's that's huge. And enough, just with some guys coming in, I really think they're going to get Justin Wright, the linebacker from Tulsa. Don't want to get your hopes up there, but if you want a little positive news right there. And then Webb, the corner safety strike nickel coming in from Jones College, a JUCO transfer. I think he's probably the most underrated news of the week by yeah, far, no overshadowed question. by the transfer portal. Like this is a guy I think that's going to play next year. Yeah, he's he's a stud. Um, I'll give you one too. Oklahoma State cracked the list. I think it was like eight schools of you know the odds to land Hudson Card. They gave him fifteen to one odds. So let's see what I happens like there. I'll take I'll take those odds. Hey, what a crazy segue into the next question you just made. Our buddy Ross at or our lawyer two twelve. Haven't heard from Ross in a minute. Love when Ross sends in questions; they're always good. He says, "Which QB in the transfer portal do you want OSU to go after with Spencer Spanish transferring?" Hey, oh, Hudson Card would see be my notes. So that was uh, impressive. Hudson Card would be on on the top of my list. I will actually say, kid from NC State. Uh, Devin, Devin Leary. Leary. Yeah, yeah. He's a stud. Drake may, it sounds like is going to end up entering the portal. I'll, I'll say this. I think those guys are going to be like extremely highly sought after. I think Oklahoma state would go into kind of that second tier of quarterbacks where I think a Hudson card would reside. I don't know if Hudson card comes to Oklahoma state. There's been some smoke with Notre Dame, some other schools. So we'll see, but I, I think he'd be a really good fit. And I think would push a Garrett Rangel and a Zane Flores early on because I don't think he would be a, I mean, he's your surefire day one starter, sure. But I think there would be there's enough of a, they're close. It's not like it would be bringing in, you know, Spencer Sanders, for example. No, I think it's a great point. They gotta, we hit on it earlier. We, we talked more about Spencer Sanders leaving than I think we did transfers coming in. But if they do not get a quarterback, I would not have super high expectations for the the win total next yeah, season. Agreed. And I'm not trying to be negative. I think that's just the fact. I think Garrett Rangel can be a really good quarterback. I believe the coaching staff thinks that too, not to mention Zane Flores. But next season will be rough from the offensive end. Even with all the talent they have at receiver, even if Ollie's awesome, they get the Vanderbilt transfer, all the O-line comes back, it's still going to be a struggle with a brand new quarterback that's a true sophomore starting for you. So, uh, yeah, I liked all the names you said. You know, there's Austin Reed from Western Kentucky. You said Hudson Card. If you look kind of lower down the list, a guy we talked about earlier when we talked about the bowl game, Graham Merch. You got Drew Pine in there from Notre Dame. Keaton Slovis from Pitt. Those are kind of some names that, you know, I think along with Hudson Card might be more realistic for Oklahoma State than your than your DJs and your Learys, but Brennan Armstrongs, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what they do. I don't know who they get, but I, I think you got to have a quarterback. I've been pretty, you know, steadfast in that. Yeah. Um, we got two more Thunder Rolls at Thunder Rolls for top needs and top attainable players for those needs in the portal. Okay, tell me if I'm wrong in, in, in no particular order, but D-line, O-line, linebacker. And then I guess you put quarterback on there. It's just weird because the other positions, I think you need multiple guys and quarterback. You really only need one. Agreed. Agreed. And I actually think it, I would have it in that order. And and we talked about the guys that they offered. We went through quarterbacks. There's a lot of good offensive linemen out there. I actually like 
the Kent State guy that they offered um, more than a lot of them. At linebacker, Justin Wright, I think is the top name you want to look for there. And then at D-line, there's a bunch of guys, Kate, they could be going after that are in the portal right now. And we haven't seen, you know, a lot of offers to the bigger name guys aside from Goodlow from Tulsa. Well, and I, I was going to bring him up. I'm not sure he's a guy that fits the need today. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's more of that defensive end type, 6'5", yeah. 230. So looking for some of the the bigger guys, you know, Braden Fisk. I think, you know, he's a guy that they're probably not going to be able to get. He's one of the top names in the portal. Uh, Thomas Gore, Alevi Bell, Jesus Gibbs. Those are some of the big names that, yeah, if you ask me who I'd want, those guys, but I don't think they're going to get those guys. And Aaron Frost from Nevada. We'll see, though. They may make some offers. I would like to see some more D D line offers go out. They might be waiting to see what the guys they offer do. Just kind of see from there. I, I think you'll see some more names into the portal that we don't even know about right now, too. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. This just started. It's crazy. Last last one here from Matt Claston. We'll not go into it again, but he was asking our thought. I just wanted to shout Matt out because he always sends us questions. But yep. thoughts on the Braylon Presley comments. Kate, I do think one thing on that, I'm not sure. We may be in the minority on our take. I think more people are more concerned about what's going on in the running back coaching room as opposed to what he said. And that's fine, but we acknowledge that as well. If that, If what Braylon said is true, which I don't think you and I believe fully that it is, I'm sure there's something, there's definitely some things that need to be changed. We've, we've said that. But if that is true, then there's bigger concerns. With the yeah, and it and- sucks because he was the guy that everybody was like fired up about and comes in after five months and is gone and then goes and talks to the media about it. And it's like, I could see how that would be. It's, it is frustrating. I'm, I'm not going to act like it didn't frustrate me, but I would say the thing that immediately jumps out to me is, wait, you were you wanted to play running back? I just I don't understand it still, even after having talked it to talk through it with you. We should just get Braylon on the pod, see if he's willing. That would actually be a lot of fun. And I think I think we could keep it, you know, to where no one got upset. Hopefully yeah. he didn't get upset and punch us in the face or anything. But <laughs> you know, we'll see. But uh yeah, Kate, that's it. Guys, really appreciate the questions. I know it's kind of a lull with how the football season in, ended. Yeah. And I know it's not completely over with the bowl game. Warren is you know, fired up to talk about things, but you guys are obviously fired up about the transfer portal. We're obviously fired up about it. I think that was like 13 questions, total audio and video. So that was a lot of fun. Thanks so much. Almost all of them on the transfer portal. So it is fun. I'll be honest (laughs) with you. Like as frustrating as it is and as stressful as it can be, it is fun. Like I do enjoy breaking it down with you and then projecting like, how do you fix it? It is fun. And Kate on this podcast, this podcast, (laughs) We talk about the transfer portal and we go way, way deep dive. We get sucked in, baby. The portal's got us. And it's fun. I love it. I, it I, is. I, I wouldn't want to be in any other portal. That's for sure. All right. Well, Dustin, it was a blast, man. Speaking of fired up, I'm fired up for tip off here in about two minutes uh, between Oklahoma State and Sam Houston State. It should be a good one. Cowboys need some momentum coming out of that game. And quite frankly, the fan base needs something to collectively um, I was going to say shut up about, but that's not very nice. Collectively <laughs> embrace 
and have fun with tonight. Let's go get a win. Let's all have a little fun, and we'll come back tomorrow and hope nobody else enters the portal. Sound good to you, Dustin? Sounds great to me. Thanks again, everybody, for the questions. And, Cade, thanks to you, as always, for hosting. Thank you, my brother. Appreciate all the work you do putting this in. If you're not already, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow Dustin at Dustragu. You can follow me at Cade Webb, and you can follow us at FeelsLike45Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Keep it locked there this week as we'll have plenty of updates, especially tonight with the same Houston game this week with the Transfer Portal News. So keep it locked there, and we will see you guys back here next week. Go Pokes!